Welcome back to the Game We Play podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Bush. And in case you follow the Instagram, which uh, if you don't, you should, at tgwp.podcast, you would have seen the hint that I put on my story about how today's podcast is going to be about the XFL and its weekend debut. Um, So we're going to cover that. And then I'm also going to briefly... Hopefully briefly Hopefully briefly I may ramble on a little bit We're going to try to keep this episode under 25-ish minutes Um, But I'm going to go over uh, In my opinion Which quarterbacks will be going where In NFL free agency And in the draft So it's not going to be a whole lot of elaboration It's just my personal opinion So we're going to start off with the XFL So for those of you that don't know The XFL Um, is the Extreme Football League, technically. I'm going to explain why later, why it should be called something different. But it was originally founded in 2001, I think, by Vince McMahon, and it was like a WWE Football League, uh, which in my opinion is horrible. So now, uh, 19 years later, you get the new XFL, which is, I'll just cut to the chase, a much improved version of the AAF from last season. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the AAF was a failed football league called the Alliance of American Football that was last year um, that took no inspiration from the NFL, that took no inspiration from really anything, and it was just a way to watch uh, football after the season had ended. So the XFL is, in my opinion, the experimental football league. And this is because, in you know, in case you didn't watch, which if you didn't watch, shame on you, you should have. Um, it tests out so many rules that I think the NFL is having them test out so that, you know, they can see what's good and what's not. Um, some examples of these would be the kickoff. So the kickoff of the XFL is where the kicker kicks the ball from their own 35, and it's not allowed to go in the end zone, not allowed to go to bounds. It has to go between the zero or sorry, the goal line, I don't know why I said zero, and the 20-yard line, where all the players are lined up, the 25-yard line and the 30-yard line, one team's on the 30, one team's on the 25, five yards away, and then they block and they go, and the person can then return the kick once they catch it. Uh, I love this for so many reasons. One, because it eliminates the high-impact collisions you have from the like, just the players sprinting down the field at full speed. It also allows for players to have you know actual kick returns, and it brings back kick returns. Um, when we're so used to seeing touchbacks, uh, other rules would be the extra point. There is no extra points. Um, there is no, there is no kicking extra points. At least, um, you can either choose to run a play from the two, five or 10 for a respective one, two or three points. Uh, this is good for two reasons. One, it, you know, makes the extra point more exciting and two, it allows teams to come back from down bigger margins. So if a touchdown is six points and then you decide to run an extra point with three points, so you're down 18 with two minutes left. You run your extra you, – you, you, you score, okay? You get your three points. You're only down nine now. Technically, you're down one score. You can if you get the onside kick, which I don't know how the onside kick rules work. I, I know for a fact it is something different. I'm pretty sure it's – you have to convert a play from like fourth and 15 or like fourth and 20, and like you just keep going if you get it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what an onside kick is. I, I, I don't even think you kick it. Um, but anyways, there's also – Whenever there's a booth review, you get to hear what they're saying in the, in, in the actual booth. You get to hear the whole conversation. So, you know, no more, like, confusing rulings. You get to literally, it's just directly from the source, um, which I just love. It was so easy to be able to follow. But anyways, 
the teams of the XFL, there's there's an East and a West. There's, a, there's four teams in both leagues, 10-game regular season, and a four-team playoff, uh, and that's and that's pretty pretty much it. Um, so the teams are the Seattle Dragons. So this is the West. This the uh, the Seattle Dragons, the LA Wildcats, the Dallas Roughnecks, or, yeah, the Houston Roughnecks, and the Dallas Renegades. And then in the East, you have the um, you have the Tampa Bay Vipers, the New York Guardians, the DC Defenders, and my personal favorite team. Uh, I'm going to try not to show bias. The St. Louis Battlehawks. So, in case you didn't watch the XFL this weekend, um, some notable players who you may know who are currently in the XFL. I'm going to try to cover you know one from every team just so you can get a little brief overview. Yes, a lot of them are going to be quarterbacks, but you can deal with it. Uh, for the Seattle Dragons, you have Keenan Reynolds, who is now a wide receiver. He was the option S quarterback from Navy, who's currently the NCAA touchdown holder. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty good player. Um, on the LA Wildcats, you have their their quarterback. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The LA Wildcats, in my opinion, are the worst team in the league. Uh, but their quarterback is Josh Johnson, who briefly started for the Redskins, uh, was also one of the better quarterbacks in the uh, in the AAF before he then signed with the Redskins. Um, no, he's good. He's mobile. Um, the Houston Roughnecks have uh, – well, their quarterback, Philip Walker, played amazing in week one. But anyways, they have Sammy Coates, who you may remember from playing with the Steelers. And then also playing uh, with the uh, Auburn. When he was at college, he played for Auburn. Um, and he's a really good wide receiver. Um, I don't really know how his stats went in the first in, uh, in, in, in game one. Uh, I didn't really get the chance to watch that game. Really only I, I watched the whole game of the Defenders and the I went, the whole game of the Defenders and the Dragons. I watched a little bit of the L.A. Houston game. A little bit of the Tampa-New York game, and I watched the whole game of the Battlehawks-Renegades uh, game. But anyways, back to the teams. The Renegades were the preseason favorite to win it all, um, but their starting quarterback is Landry Jones, who you will remember as the backup for the Steelers, and then also the old quarterback for Oklahoma. Uh, the D.C. defenders have Cardell Jones, who's the national championship winning quarterback from Ohio State. They also have NCAA all-time leading rusher Donnell Pumphrey in the backfield. Uh, the Battlehawks have... Uh, Christian Michael, who's the old, who is an old running back from the Seahawks, who was the starter there, I believe, the year after Marshawn Lynch retired. Um, but he was also on the team when they won the Super Bowl. Um, then you have the Vipers, whose starting quarterback is Aaron Murray, who's the SEC all-time leading passer, played for Georgia. Uh, and then the New York Guardians, their starting quarterback is Matt McGloin, who had a brief stint with the New York Jets, I believe, and was a great quarterback on Penn State. So... Overall feelings on how the play went, because uh, I feel like this is what's going to convince you to actually watch. Um, so the play's good. It's it's obviously not the NFL. You know, quarterbacks still miss some throws, particularly some more than others, but it's exciting. The play clock is a lot shorter. It's only at 25 seconds, so you got to run plays fast. you got to really run plays fast. Um, and there's about three plays a minute as opposed to two plays a minute. Um, in, in terms of running clock and it's just it's just exciting football uh, watching a little bit of the Roughnecks game Philip Walker their quarterback was, was, was just making crazy throws he, he had a throw uh, early second half where he threads the needle between two defenders and then hits his wide receiver at like the five yard line with an amazing catch like this is just it's, it's really good football um, other things like other types of plays that were really good is like the defenders ran like a trick play 
with like a double lateral back to Cardell Jones, who then hit his tight end down the sideline, who had two jukes and then scored. Like these are like it, it's genuinely exciting football. It's not just watching the AAF last year, which was like a carbon copy of the uh, of the NFL, but worse. Um, also, one one thing that is huge that I loved was Pat McAfee is the on the field uh, like like the on the field guy for the ESPN games. And the one thing about the on the field guys in the XFL is after interceptions, after missed field goals, made field goals. Uh, picks, fumbles, any big play, these people are interviewing the people that made that play happen. They're interviewing the coaches. Like, like I, I got to watch Pat McAfee interview Marquette King after a, like a 60, like after like a 50 yard punt. And they're just talking about like punting. And this is, if you know anything about Pat McAfee, this was hysterical to actually listen to. It was awesome. Um, he's the, he's the best guy in sports in terms of like sports comedy. Love Pat McAfee. Uh, but it was, it was really interesting. Like, Watching the Seattle game when they forced a turnover against DC, and you watch and you, and you watch one of their linebackers come off the field, and he's like, like in the like he's in the like person that's interviewing his face, and he's just like, that's how you fucking do it out there. Like he's he's, he's, he's like yelling, and it's just it's a whole new experience of football. Like, and one thing that I completely forgot to touch on is that all the players and the coaches are mic'd up. Like you can hear the quarterback making his calls. You can hear the coaches calling the plays. Uh, listening to the Dallas Renegades offensive coordinator, he, like, like, there was one drive where he just said, do it again, like five plays in a row. And it was really interesting watching uh, their quarterback, Philip Walker, make audibles um, like, like on the field, like being able to hear him. It's a whole new experience of football. Um, for those of you that like love football, that want to like understand the game a little bit better from like a basic standpoint, I would 100% watch, like, suggest watching from that standpoint of the game. Um, but out of the games... Uh, the defenders beat the Dragons pretty handedly. The Dragons, don't have a, they're, they're a great team. They don't have a quarterback. The defenders looked really good. Cardinal Jones played well. Um, I didn't really catch a whole lot of the Wildcats Roughnecks game, as I said, but the, but the Roughnecks offense is killer. P.J. Walker, the quarterback, is – or sorry, Philip Walker, P.J. Walker, whatever his name is, he's killer. He's an arm. He can run. Very exciting. Um, the Guardians played the Vipers. The Guardians won by 20, but that, in my opinion, was no indication of how the game was. If the Vipers cut down on turnovers and could actually score the ball, their offense looked good. They just got to get the ball in the end zone. Um, you, know, you know, the Guardians looked okay. Um, looked good, but not great. Uh, and then the last game, the Battle, uh, the Battlehawks and the, Rough, or in the, in the Renegades, sorry, some of these team names sound like, like the Roughnecks, the Renegades being from the same state is just not helpful. But anyways, uh, the, the Battlehawks looked good. Um... Offense didn't look great the whole game. Jordan Tamu played pretty well. Uh, he's the quarterback for the Battlehawks, the old guy from Ole Miss. Um, but the Renegades were playing without their starting quarterback, Landry Jones. And, you know, they just really couldn't get anything going. But I think the Renegades are going to be really good. Uh, the Battlehawks have a great defense. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not too – I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Battlehawks fan, but I wouldn't say they're in the top three right now. I, I would say the top – Really, really, there's a top two. I think it's the defenders and the roughnecks right now would definitely be the top two teams. Um, but, you know, I'll do a little week-by-week coverage of the XFL, which, which, which will be a little shorter than this. I mean, this has been, this has been about 10 minutes talking about the XFL. Um, just, you know, kind of wanted to rush through this quickly um, because I, I don't really know how many people care about the XFL that much. If, if I get a lot of response saying, please keep covering the XFL, do more with it, you know, don't go over briefly. I, I'll actually talk about the games. I'll actually talk about, you know, a lot more about what I think about the teams. 
But it was just week one, and I do have to watch all four games to really be able to get an analysis of the teams. So I'll put more emphasis on that next week if you know more people want me to talk about the XFL. But if not, then I'll just mention it here and there, and we'll move on. But I am watching. I actually uh, bought some Battlehawks merch so I can you know represent my team a little bit. Uh, for those of you that know, I was an Iron fan in the AAF. I had my Iron sweatshirt. I still have it. Um, but you know that's enough for the XFL. Anyways, um, talking with some friends recently and even, even, even talking with my dad, um, this, this NFL offseason is going to be really interesting. And I know somebody asked a question about the biggest offseason storylines for, uh, for a free agency in, in, my, uh, in, in my questions episode. But <sighs> there's a lot of NFL free agent quarterbacks this year. And I'm just going to tell you what I think is going to happen. So a lot of you are not going to like this. They're not going to like to hear this because I feel like a few Patriots fans listen to my podcast. And I'm going to kick this off saying that in my original video when I said Tom Brady was going to leave and go to the Chargers, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. Um, he recently enrolled his kids in a school near Nashville. And after looking at everything, looking at what the Chargers are going to do, looking at what – he's not going to the Chargers. Tom Brady's going to go to the Titans. He wants to win. He wants to try to win in the Super Bowl. He wants to get seven. And I think it's the best place for him. He, he knows Mike Vrabel. He likes Mike Vrabel. And I'm just going to introduce this with the, the with the team that beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Will then even beat will will beat the Patriots fandom even more by 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 taking away Tom Brady, um, which is a great thing for the New England Patriots. And also, how this video is going to go is I'm going to jump from team to team. So whenever I say a quarterback's leaving a team, I'm then going to jump to the team that I think he's going to. So we'll do that. So. Tom Brady, you know, leaving the Patriots. Now, the Patriots have an opening, so, you know, who's that going to be? Well, I think the Patriots have the best coaching staff of any team that's going to have a quarterback vacancy. And I think one of the main things about the Patriots is that they're going to be able to go out and with because they're not paying Tom Brady, they're not going to be able to pay Tom Brady so much money. They're going to use that money to sign receivers, to sign, you know, more linemen, anything to revamp that offense. But I think recently they haven't been signing those receivers. They haven't been going out and getting a new tight end to replace Gronk because they're trying to force Brady out. They want to be able to reset the dynasty. They want to be able to reset what they've done for so many years with a younger quarterback that's not going to be, you know, that's going to be able to throw the ball more than 30 yards down the field. Love Tom Brady. If, if he's the greatest, I'm not going to, all right, I don't love Tom Brady, but I respect the hell out of him. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, greatest football player ever. But it's time to move on. Okay, even even the Chicago Bulls, you know, kind of told Jordan to. Well, I don't really know if they told. You know what? Scratch that. It's time to move on for Tom Brady, and I think now is the best time for him to do that. I think now is the best time for him to do that, or for the Patriots to do that. And I think they're going to go get Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion, is tied for the best available quarterback in free agency in the long term. Tom Brady is not long term; he's a one year solution for the Tennessee Titans. Um. He's the best available quarterback, well, one of the two best available quarterbacks in the long term this free agency. And I think the Patriots, who are a team that likes to draft quarterbacks later and develop them and see how they are, aren't going to go out and draft somebody and try to mold them. Um, I think they're going to draft Bridgewater. They're going to see how he is. But I think they know they're going to be good because the Patriots are always going to be good. Uh, but I think th- they'll go out and get Bridgewater. And if they suck, they suck, and they'll, and they'll draft somebody next year. But I think he's the best option because, I mean, he, he won games this year with the Saints. 
who, while they have a lot more dynamic offense than the Patriots, they're a lot similar in the ways that they're very successful organizations. And I feel like if Bridgewater goes to the Patriots, he's going to be able to provide them with you know what they need, you know, running that play action, you know, handing the ball off wide, and then being able to read, you know, read defenses on like the sideline and be able to make throws, you know, five to ten yards down the field like Tom Brady did. And I think that Bridgewater is a perfect piece for New England, and he actually gives them a little bit more mobility too. Um, but I think it's a good sign. So Bridgewater leaves New Orleans, which then leaves me to what I think New Orleans is going to do. And I think New Orleans is going to hold still this year. I think they know that Breeze is is sta- I mean Breeze is staying one more year, and I think they're confident in Taysom Hill. So unless they use his, so apparently they're going to try to sign him to a first round tender which means that any team that wants to go get Taysom Hill would have to trade their first-round pick for Taysom Hill. And I think that's genius because it either gives the Saints another first-round pick or they can match whatever offer they get. Uh, I don't know who's going to trade a first-round pick for Taysom Hill, so I think the Saints are going to keep him. They're going to use him a lot more this year. They're going to see how he is throwing the ball. And if Drew Brees retires and they like what they see, I see them moving forward with Taysom Hill. But... You know, if if not, I think they'll draft a quarterback next year, uh, where they have a quarterback that they like more or whatever that may be, and I I, I think they stay put. So that completes that little cycle. So we're gonna move on to I think the next best long term quarterback is this offseason, and that's Ryan Tannehill. So when Tom Brady displaces Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, Tannehill's gonna go somewhere, and I think he goes to Carolina. And why I say that is because I think Tannehill has a lot of upside. Uh, yeah, I know, up, upside for however old he is. But I, th- I think his arm's still good. I think he can still run the ball. I think he needs more receivers. And I'm not diminishing, you know, Tennessee's receivers. But outside of A.J. Brown, they're kind of lackluster. And Derrick Henry's great, but he's a ground-and-pound running back. He's not, you know, Christian McCaffrey. So looking at Carolina, you now have Joe Brady, who's a genius. I don't need to say any more about Joe Brady. And Matt Rule's a good program builder. He's going to revamp that defense. Tannehill is going to be able to dump the ball off to McCaffrey. He's going to have DJ Moore to throw the ball to. Okay? He's going to have, uh, you know, what's his name? Who's, who's the other receiver on the Panthers? I mean, I, I know they have Curtis Samuel, but I know they have one more guy. I'm, I'm blanking out right now who their other receiver is. But Carolina has good receivers. They have the best all-purpose running back in the NFL, the best running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey. They revamped their line a little bit. I think that Ryan Tannehill could really do something in Carolina and, you know, make my prediction on Carolina true on how they're going to make the playoffs and you know, maybe win a game or two. Um, so what does Carolina then do with Cam Newton? Because I don't think he's there. With, with Joe Brady, with Matt Rule, don't think Cam Newton fits into their system. What happens to Cam Newton? Well, Cam Newton's a big name. He's a big name. He generates a lot of revenue. A lot of people like him. What team is not going to have a quarterback that's in a giant market in a brand-new stadium that I said Tom Brady was going to go to? The L.A. Chargers. So the, so the Chargers are kind of a joke of an organization right now, in my opinion, because, you know, they just had all that talent, couldn't do anything with it. Honestly, I think it's coaching. I think they have horrible coaching. But I think they go out and they get Cam Newton. And uh, this is a huge move for them because this could either be a big help or absolutely horrible. And whether they draft a quarterback or not, I think they will also draft potentially Justin Herbert at, at whatever pick they have, unless Herbert goes earlier. Which actually, you know what? I, I, I don't think they'll draft a quarterback at six. That's because I think they are going to get Cam Newton. 
Um, I, I don't think they'll get a quarterback at six. Uh, so when Cam Newton goes there, um, it'll just be interesting. I, I really don't have much to say on it. I, I just have a gut feeling he's going to go there. So that brings me to Phillip Rivers. Now Phillip Rivers. Um, i got to give entirely cred, uh, entire credit to my friend Trey, who actually is pro- probably going to be on a podcast here soon, uh, either this week or next week, um, probably talking about this or the NBA or whatever. But he, he texted me today and said, I think Phillip Rivers is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then I see the line with what Vegas is you know, predicting, and t- you know, Tampa Bay is the favorite. And then I see that Phillip Rivers you know, just bought a house down there. So I'm going to give credit to him for you know, kind of informing me on this. Uh, but Rivers is going to go to Tampa Bay. I, they're they're going to move on from Winston. Arians wants to work with a veteran just like he did Carson Palmer in Arizona. He likes working with these veteran quarterbacks that have a good arm, that have a little bit of attitude to them, and I think Rivers is perfect for that. Uh, I definitely see Rivers moving down to Tampa Bay. And, again, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot for them because their defense is still horrible. But, um, you know, this is just me predicting quarterbacks, not me predicting how good the teams are going to be right now. So with that, get on to Jameis Winston. And this is where I'm going to have to just just stop because I have no idea where the living hell Jameis Winston is going to be because he's the most polarizing quarterback in football. Leads the NFL in passing yards. Leads the NFL in passing touchdowns, I think. Leads the NFL with interceptions with 30-plus. How do you throw for 5K passing yards and 30 picks? You have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you throw 30 interceptions. It's re- and, and pick sixes out the wazoo. It's ridiculous. So teams, I'm, I'm just going to make a little list here. Teams that could take a flyer on Jameis Winston. Uh, no, oh, got it. That just came to me. See, this is why I don't usually like to write a lot of notes for my podcast, because I have little like moments where I think of ideas here. This is one of them. And this is going to piss <laughs> uh, Shout out to B-Train, because this is going to piss him off. Um, I think Jameis Winston is going to go to the Steelers, and let me tell you why. He's he's big. He's a strong arm. I think the Steelers are going to suck next year. So <laughs> I, I can't really tell you more than that, but that's that's the recipe for a Steelers quarterback at, at this moment in time. So I'm going to take Jameis Winston going to the Steelers. But And by the way, real quick, the reason why I think the Steelers are going to be horrible next year is because they just hired the worst offensive mind in football, Brian McClendon from South Carolina. So – that's why they're going to be horrible. I'm just—it's just a personal little bias I have on how horrible Brian McClendon is. But, anyways, enough of James Winston. Um, enough of all the free agent quarterbacks because I don't really think there's a whole lot more. Uh, oh, uh, Marcus Mariota. Right now, I have him going to the Bears, fighting with Mitch Trubisky, and then losing out because the Bears are you know in denial about how bad Mitch is. But again, that's the end of the major quarterbacks. But on to the draft real quick because I'm just going to make all my quarterback draft predictions. Um, I think the I mean, okay, the Bengals take Burrow at one, rookie of the year, blah, 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 maybe leads them to the playoffs, we'll see. The Dolphins will trade up to three with the Lions and take Tua, and then the Lions will trade the five pick down with the Colts, and the Colts will take Justin Herbert. Um, apparently the Colts love Herbert, and I love him there. Um, you know, he's just, he's a really good quarterback, and he, and he fits that indie mold. He kind of kind of reminds me of like the bot. Or, eh, I don't know who he reminds me of actually, but you know he's got a big arm. He's kind of big. He can run a little bit. Uh, he's a smart. He's got good arm mechanics. Good indie quarterback. I I, I like him there. Uh, Jordan Love. I don't know really where I see him right now. Strong arm, 
kind of mobile, but I'm going to say that John Gruden can't pull Derek Carr. This is You can't find a way to move Derek Carr. Um, this is why I'm going to exclude Derek Carr from my moving quarterbacks. I think he takes a flyer on love, waits one year for Carr to you know, kind of be bad again so that he can bench him. Um, and then I think Love is the new quarterback in Las Vegas. Oh, I forgot they moved. So I think Love's the new quarterback in Las Vegas in a little bit, but I think he's, you know, late or one of the Raiders picks maybe or the Raiders move up or move down. I don't know. I, I just see him in in, in, uh, in Vegas for some reason. And then Jacob Eason, uh, with the Steelers taking Jameis Winston now in, in my prediction, I'll say that the Steelers – uh, don't find a way to get Jacob Eason. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take him in the, either the second round or something. Uh, Bruce Arians gets another strong-arm guy to fill in when Rivers retires. Uh, Eason's a big strong-arm guy from Washington. Uh, I like him there in the second round. I've heard rumors he's a first-round guy, but I, I, I don't really see it. Uh, I, I, I like Jordan Love more than him. Uh, I don't really see a team that's going to really gamble on that. So anyways, just a little rundown. Brady to the Titans. Bridgewater to the uh, New England Patriots, Ryan Tannehill to the Carolina Panthers, uh, Cam Newton to the Chargers, Philip Rivers to the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston to the Steelers, Joe Burrow to the Bengals, Tua Tagovailoa to the Dolphins, Justin Herbert to the Colts, Jordan Love to the Raiders, Jacob Eason to the Buccaneers, uh, and then... Derek Carr stays in Oakland. Jacoby Brissett doesn't matter. And Marcus Mariota to the Bears. So that is my predictions for where all the quarterbacks have gone. And just like I said, I kept this under rough or roughly near 25 minutes. So thank you for listening to the Game We Play podcast. Uh, and uh, the next episode will be coming out later this week. Uh, I would love to hear suggestions for what you guys want to hear me talk about. So send me a message on Instagram. Send me a message... Probably everybody listening to this has my phone number or my Snapchat or anything. So just contact me. Let me know what you want me to talk about. I'd be more than happy to do it. So thanks for listening, and uh, I'm Dan Bush.